2: Hello friend, welcome back to Adrenaline Realms Thriller Channel, I am your host Neil Helligers, and get ready for Episode 8 of The Signal. You ready? Okay, enjoy. Good evening, Dayton, Ohio, this is Evan Bell welcoming you to UFOs Tonight, your home away from home when the sun goes down. Thank you, listeners, for making WKOR the number one talk radio station on the AM dial in Greater Dayton. We'll get to our housekeeping duties and pay some bills later in the hour, but right now I want to get straight down on the mat with our illustrious panel. Tonight's broadcast is point-counterpoint on the controversial topic of alien abductions. You heard right, listeners we'll be tackling the fascinating stories of people who have experienced close encounters with space aliens and live to tell about it. True or false, fact or fiction, delusion or reality? You know where I stand, where do you? Let me first sum up the recent straight out of the headlines case of Barney and Betty Hill who were minding their own business driving at night down a winding country road in New Hampshire when a strange light in the sky started following them. When they finally got home at dawn, they found they had lost two hours. Two full hours they had no memory of. Their watches had stopped working. Barney's shoes were scuffed, Betty's dress was ripped. With the help of a psychiatrist and a skilled hypnotist, the couple's memories were probed until they could recall details of their abduction and onboard spaceship physical examination by gray beings with large eyes, now popularly known as the Greys. Yes, devoted listeners, we tried reaching out to the hills, but our requests for an interview were denied. Word has it the couple has a big Hollywood movie deal in the works, but that does not make their claim any less credible. I'd like to welcome back to the broadcast Norman Thorne, UFO historian and author from Santa Fe, New Mexico, who penned the regional bestseller Anasazi's The Vanishing of an Extraterrestrial Tribe, who is in the studio with me. And on the WKOR telephone, we welcome to the program Dr. Elsa Braunschweiger, former resident matron at the Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Kentucky. Good evening, lady and gent, doctor and author. Glad to be with you, Evan.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: Alien abductions. Real or not?
3: Spurious claims, no question. Real. Most definitely. There's a
4: well-documented case published in the Stockton, California Daily Mail in 1897. You're referring to one of the sightings of the mystery airships of the late 19th century. I am. A man by the name of Colonel H.G. Shaw claimed that he and a friend were accosted by three tall and slender humanoid beings whose bodies were covered with downy hair. Luckily for the Colonel and his companion, the two were able to fight the creatures off before they were taken aboard the airship. So that was an attempted abduction, not an actual abduction. Well, yes, but had the attempt been successful, we probably wouldn't know of it now good point. Another case from just a decade ago, in 1951, was publicized in the Flying Saucer Review. Excellent publication. It certainly is. Fred Reagan claimed to have been piloting his small plane when it was struck by a UFO. Struck? Uh, More in line with a fender bender than an attack. Go on. The extraterrestrial occupants of the spacecraft apologized and even offered to attempt to cure Reagan's cancer. Oh
3: please, this
4: is absurd. Dr. Braunschweiger, you wish to interject?
3: The patient, Mr. Reagan, claimed the beings in question resembled metallic stalks of asparagus. Eyewitnesses
4: to close encounters often struggle to come up with physical descriptions of creatures and objects outside of their known world.
3: Mr. Reagan died soon after of a brain disorder.
4: Which probably resulted from his encounter with the UFO. Not that the beans intentionally inflicted.
3: No, no, stop right there. What's more likely is that Mr. Reagan's encounter with the UFO was the result of his brain disorder and not the other way around. Um,
2: The Waverly Hill Sanatorium, before it closed, housed those afflicted with tuberculosis, not mental diseases.
3: Yes, that's true. Over the past year, I have been the matron of a psychiatric ward in a government hospital.
2: What hospital, doctor?
3: It's classified.
2: Understood. Go on.
3: It is true that reports of alien abductions are becoming more and more common, especially in psychiatric wards. All the news coverage of people like the Hill couple, who is clearly, to my thinking, opportunist looking for a payday, is fodder for excitable, susceptible, and weak minds. Would one like the female hysterics of recent decades who fully believe they are the long lost daughter of the Tsar and Tsarina Nicholas and Alexandra of Russia? Or the mentally disturbed men with delusions of grandeur who insist they are descended from Napoleon Bonaparte or even the reincarnation of the Emperor himself?
2: So, it is your belief that reported cases of alien abduction are either hoaxes or
3: delusions? It is not a belief. It is a fact. Ah, now hold
2: on a minute. Let the doctor finish, Norman. Go on, Dr. Braunschweiger. Let's hear what you have to say.
3: In my experience, the majority of people who have claimed to have been a victim of alien abduction, if not already a patient in a lockdown psychiatric ward, have either a history of being hypnotized, a preoccupation with the paranormal, or the idea of extraterrestrials. And most have experienced incidences of sleep paralysis. Some have high levels of dissociativity, self-reported psychic ability, a proneness to fantasy, and the tendency to hallucinate.
4: I must interrupt here, Evan. She's equating alien abductions with mental illness, and that's simply not true. If I might, add, Let's let Norman get a word in, Doctor. Thank you, Evan. I'd like to hear the good doctor try to explain away the similarities in the particulars of abduction experiences. Like what? A reported altered state of consciousness, uniformly colored figures, usually gray or green, with prominent eyes and a benevolent demeanor, a high-tech room under a bright round saucer-like object, reports of nakedness and loss of
3: control while the experiencer's body is being probed. You're describing a basic medical surgical procedure on anesthesia. That's all that is. Did any of your so-called abductees ever submit a surgical history? And if the
2: experiences
3: cannot be explained away, how do you propose the abductees be treated, Dr. Braunschweiger? by a good old-fashioned lobotomy wouldn't be out of order in many cases. I can't believe she's actually saying that people
4: who believe in extraterrestrial encounters should be mentally sterilized.
3: It's time for the medical community to You're take- You're not even a real-
4: Time again
2: to pay some bills, folks. This week at Albers Supermarkets, there is a storewide special on everybody's favorite household staples, milk, eggs, and bread. This week only, 49 cents for a gallon of milk, 57 cents for a carton of a dozen eggs, and 23 cents
4: for a loaf of bread while they last.
1: Do you know how much you have in common with some of your favorite celebrities, leaders, newsmakers? I'm Evelyn, the host of Reppin, where you'll meet notable people you think you know. You'll find out who they really are and what they represent. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Phillips likes to listen to that.
1: I don't. That woman doctor sounds like the horrible matron at the hospital.
5: She probably is. Lobotomies are their stock in trade.
1: Besides, Bobby's fast asleep. They both are. Look at them back there. Like two little boys, all tuckered out.
5: Too much popcorn and peanuts.
1: That was nice of you to treat us to a night out, Mr. Swan.
5: It wasn't a treat. The trip to the circus was a negotiated settlement.
1: It was still nice of you, and it was good of you to buy new clothes for Timmy and me.
5: I've saved more money than I can possibly spend in a lifetime. The expenditure wasn't a hardship.
1: Don't you send your earnings home to your family? Sorry, I I didn't mean to pry. Little Miss Nosy Parker, that's me. For someone who has a driver, you're a very good driver yourself.
5: Phillips is a convenience, not a necessity.
1: Bobby thinks highly of you, Mr. Swan. More like a friend than a boss.
5: We're not friends. He's a fellow former officer.
1: How long do you figure it'll take us to get to Kansas?
5: How long did it take you to drive to Ohio?
1: I was following the people that took Timmy, so I only concentrated on my driving and not losing them. When they stopped overnight, I slept in the truck, or kept watch, mostly.
5: We'll stop in a few hours, get a couple of rooms for the night at a traveler's motel, start again early. It's a little over 800 miles total, so I estimate we'll be there sometime late tomorrow afternoon or evening.
1: You always had a hankering to see Lebanon, Kansas.
5: It's the exact geographic center of the contiguous United States.
1: I know that. There's a little chapel on the outskirts of town that commemorates it. Do you believe all that malarkey they're tootin' on the radio?
5: What in particular?
1: About aliens, abductions...
5: I believe there's a practical explanation for every known phenomenon. If something is unidentified or unknown, all it means is the explanation hasn't yet been discovered or revealed.
1: So, you don't believe in flying saucers?
5: Do you believe in God?
1: Of course I do. I'm a good, God-fearing Christian woman. Fear?
5: Is that the basis of your faith?
1: Not the kind of fear you're implying. It means devout. People who go to church every Sunday and who obey the teachings of the Lord…
5: Thou shalt fear thy Lord thy God and serve Him only.
1: You've read the Bible.
5: I've read everything written by man. Have you ever seen God?
1: Not in person, no. But I know he's with me. How? Because I feel him in my heart, especially when I pray.
5: Do you hear him? Does he speak to you?
1: I don't hear voices in my head like my brother, if that's what you're asking.
5: It wasn't. What does he look like, your god?
1: God created man in his own image, so it's not hard to imagine how he looks.
5: What about angels?
1: Also in God's holy image. For what else could they be? The only difference is that God is the essence of perfection, while man is flawed.
5: Perfection? An avuncular, bearded man about 60 if he's a day? If your god resembles his creation, he'll have toenails and genitals and a puckered anus just Please like stop. the- stop.
1: That's profane, Mr. Swan. I will not sit here and listen to profanity.
5: Perfection is not man's hulking four-limbed silhouette. I know that for a fact.
1: Then what is it?
5: The only perfection in the universe is a circle. The perfect symmetry of the divine. The simplest and most perfect form. An orb, a planet, a sun, an angel, a god. As a Christian symbol, the circle represents eternity, which is the dominion of all gods, yours included.
1: There's only one god.
5: You're right. It's only the interpretation of god that varies from one religion to another.
1: Your god is a circle?
5: More like a glowing orb. Radiant and sparkling with every color in the known universe.
1: I prefer my image of God. The old man with the beard.
5: Because you can relate to it. Because it's comprehensible to you.
1: You think I'm an ignorant sow, don't you, Mr. Swan?
5: No. Uneducated isn't the same thing as ignorant. I think you're a young woman with few prospects who's doing the best she can with what little she has.
1: By prospects you mean suitors. Just because you didn't take me up on my offer, Mr. Swan, which I will regret making until my dying day, and which I have withdrawn, by the way, so you don't be getting any ideas on this road trip, doesn't mean there aren't plenty of young men who would be glad of a good woman like me to hold tight in their arms for the rest of their life. I may not have finished high school, but I'd intend to do so one day and get my diploma. Maybe even attend community college. And I may not be educated, but... I'm as smart as a whip and as pretty as a picture. I've been told more times than I can count that I look like a young Liz Taylor. Your
5: prospects are limited by the existence of your brother.
1: Timmy is a fine boy, a loving boy.
5: He is, but he's disturbed. You're his protector, his flesh and blood. You're the only family he has who won't abandon him or sell him off like a damaged farm animal to the highest bidder. Any suitor you will ever seriously consider will have to understand that a husband will never come first. Your brother always will. And then, you'd have to trust a husband with your brother's secret. And I don't see you as being willing to take that risk. At least half of all human couplings don't last. Your ex will be liable to sell you out the same way your uncle did. That's what I mean by... few prospects.
1: Are you divorced?
5: Swans are monogamous for life.
1: So are gray wolves. Even though the wolf is to be feared in your beautiful lullaby, I've always thought the gray wolf is only trying to feed her cub, to whom she is loyal and for whom she would give her life. What is your first name, Mr. Swan? I won't tell anyone. Gabriel. Gabriel. Like the Archangel Gabriel?
5: Exactly like that.
1: I always think of Archangels as representing God here on Earth. His messengers.
5: Or stewards. Everything is a matter of interpretation.
1: Oh. My. God. What is that? What? Look over in my side-view mirror. Do you see it? In the sky. I think it's following us. It... It looks like a flying saucer. It is. What is that light? It's all around us. I I, I can't see. Pull off the highway. We need to get away from it. it, it it's still following us. What, what does it want from us?
5: Your brother, most likely.
1: Oh, God. Aliens want to abduct Timmy. To probe him? Please don't slow down, Mr. Swan. We have to try and get away from it.
5: The engine died.
1: Are we out of gas? No. Timmy! Bobby, wake up!
5: Huh?
1: Oh, dear lord, the car is rising off the ground!
5: We should get out of the car now.
1: How can you be so calm? Timmy, we have to jump, come on. Slide over the seat to me, come on, honey. Becky, I'm scared. I won't let anything happen to you, come into my arms.
5: What's going on? We need to evacuate, Phillips. Please be sure to grab your sniper rifle before you exit the vehicle. We're five feet off the ground, sir. And rising. We better jump. Quickly. Whatever you do, Phillips, don't shoot until I give the order. Yes, sir.
1: Run! Come on, Timmy. I've got you. I'll bring your rifle case. Just don't let go of Timmy. Over there. Those trees. Ah, it's so bright, I can barely see anything. Take my hand, Bobby. Run! Where's Mr. Swan? Look! He's standing in the middle of the road. Is he hurt? Mr. Swan!
2: I'll go check on him.
1: No! Don't you dare move from this spot, Bobby Phillips.
2: Give me my rifle case.
1: He said not to shoot until he tells you to. I heard him. Whoa, look at the car. It's 20 feet off the ground now.
2: The hair standing up on my arms must be some sort of magnetized field.
1: Bobby. There's another beam of light shooting down from the belly of the spaceship!
2: I see it. It looks like a spotlight.
1: What's Mr. Swan doing? He's raising his arms over his head. Is he asking to be taken aboard?
2: I think he's trying to distract them. Maybe he's keeping them focused on him so they're not looking for us.
1: He's buying his time. We've got to run! There's
2: nothing but open fields behind us, Becky. We move away from these trees and we're no better than sitting ducks.
5: We can't just- Fill Sir? Do you see that tiny green light 45 degrees from the center mass of the craft? North-northwest? I see it, sir! Fire on my couch. Put a bullet right through the vortex of that light.
1: Yes, sir! Ooh, can you even make that shot, Bobby?
2: All day long and twice on Sunday.
1: Even when it's this bright, I'm nearly blinded.
2: Yes, ma'am. It's what I do.
1: Hold your ears, Timmy.
4: On three, Philip. One, two,
1: three! Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones.
0: Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No, she was sent here anonymously.
1: Mm -mm,
0: Not she. They,
1: maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this.
0: Often every night. The signal is created by Cassandra Wells and Charlie Rendazzo. Written by Cassandra Wells. Produced by Fred Greenhalge and Marco Palmieri. Directed by Charlie Rendazzo. Executive produced by Cassandra Wells, Daniel Kamen, Molly Barton, and Julian Yap. Performed by Daniel Kamen, Perry King, Marta Cross, Adam J. Smith, Tracy Winters, Time Winters, Harry Gowillam, Tom Beyer, Jeff Blumberg, Mark Irvingson, Jackson Gowillam, and Jennifer Taub. Sound design and editing by Charlie Rendazzo. Music by Quiet on the Set. Additional cover art by Heather Mason. Production manager, Devin Shepard. Production coordinator, Angela Yee. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolihi. You're listening to Adrenaline, The Signal. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Adrenaline is produced by Nicole Kreuter and Kaylin West. Associate produced by Devin Shepard. Executive produced by Molly Barton and Julian Yap. Hosted by Neil Heligers, Audio editing by Angela Yee. Original theme by Marcus Bagala, Original cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like Adrenaline by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm.